Welcome back to another episode of Red River Cares. I'm your host, Gina Burke. Today on the show, we have Kathy Pellerin. Kathy runs the Claremont Learning Partnership, which includes several social services out of Claremont, New Hampshire. This includes a homeless shelter for teens, a daycare, and she's even in the process of adding an alternative high school. This episode was shot on site at Claremont Learning Partnership for a video recording that we were shooting with Kathy for an upcoming volunteer day we were hosting there for our Claremont-based employees. The intention was to just use it for a video, but it was such a great conversation and she shared so much information about CLP that we really wanted to share it here as well. We weren't mic'd, so hopefully the audio sounds okay. So without further ado, let's listen in on this interview with Kathy. Good morning. Um, if you wouldn't mind starting with introducing yourself, telling us your title, and a little bit about what you do here at Claremont Learning Partnership. Yeah, so my name is Kathy Pellerin, and I am the executive director of the Claremont Learning Partnership. Um, and we are a small nonprofit that services Sullivan County primarily. Um, and we have, right now, we have three programs underneath the Claremont Learning Partnership umbrella. Um, One of them is referral-based child care center. Um, And we receive referrals from DCYF, West Central, Counseling Associates, um, Recovery Centers, TLC, anybody who works with the at-risk population in Claremont. They um, refer children to us. Um, We do a lot of trauma-informed services for our kids downstairs. Um, The other, one of the other programs we have is a youth um, homeless shelter. Oasis serves children between the ages of 16 and 21. Um, it's a residential place for them to live. We provide a food shelf so they have plenty of food to eat. We give them access to education if they have not completed that already. We help them fill out resumes and do work search. And most importantly, we help them look for apartments because we don't want them staying with us forever. Ideally, six months to 12 months is our max. And then another one of the programs that we have under our umbrella is the Oasis Teen Drop-In Center. and. That is available to any youth in the Claremont area between the hours of 2 and 6, Monday through Friday. They are welcome just to come in, sit down, hang out. We have a food shelf available. We have cooking classes. We have art classes. We have guitar lessons. We have um, ceramic classes. And part of that program, probably the most exciting part of that program, is our Youth Recovery Center. So our Youth Recovery Center serves any youth in middle school, high school that is struggling with addiction, recovery, has a family member struggling with addiction or recovery because that can be just as hard as struggling with yourself. Um, so we have peer youth mentoring that happens downstairs. We have small groups that happen downstairs. We have large groups that happen downstairs. Um, and another program that we're starting is an alternative high school for our at-risk youth because we have found that a lot of our youth that are in our shelter have not completed their education yet. They don't have their high set. They don't have their diploma. And they really don't have the desire to go back to the high school for whatever the reason, either they didn't fit in. Um, we're starting the school primarily for them, for the at-risk in our in our primarily Claremont, but Claremont, Newport, Charlestown, Sunapee, the surrounding areas to serve those needs too. So that is all of our, <laughs> I think all of our programs. Yeah, and so what do I do here? I kind of do everything. Um, I'm the founder of the program. Um, we have a, uh, we're a nonprofit, so we have a board that helps with everything. So every step of the way, I have a board of directors that helps um, to kind of guide things, to offer support and advice and whatever else I need. 
Tell me a little bit about funding. Funding, we are 100% grant funded. Um, so every single program within our building is grant funded. So I write a lot of grants. We are now funded at the federal level, at the state level, and then um, a lot of our funding comes from private funders. So people in the area that have heard about our program and they're interested in helping kids. Um, we have a lot of donation-based funding, um, primarily around the holidays. Last year, we were the recipient of um, the Chamber of Commerce. They did a huge fundraiser for us and they brought us blankets and towels and pillows and cleaning supplies, all of like trash bags and all of that necessary stuff. And honestly, they did such a great job that it took us all the way from December of last year until October of this year before we had to start buying. So, and that's huge savings for our budget because I don't have to write grants for that. <laughs> In general, I guess I'm curious, how can the either Claremont community or surrounding businesses support your organization? Um, I think really just word of mouth, letting people know that we're here, letting any youth that they encounter that's struggling with anything know that we're here and that we can help support whatever needs they may have. Um, that's number one, like just getting the word out there that we're here and what we do so we can help as many youth as we possibly can. Um, donations are always welcome. Household goods. Um, when our residents leave our shelter, they tend to want to, we didn't anticipate this happening, but it is happening. Um, they tend to want to bring things with them. So they want to bring their pillow. They want to bring their blanket and we want to let them. The problem with letting them is <laughs> as we let them, then our supplies dwindle. So if we could just restock those supplies of blankets and pillows and towels, then we can allow our youth to take things with them when they leave. So they'll feel a little bit of a comfort level knowing they're taking something from home with them when they leave. Um, we do some fundraisers in the community. So if we, we have like, we have an adult prom coming up, um, just taking part in those to help us raise money that way. At least primarily, yeah. Yeah, cash donations are always good too, but uh, the other stuff is just as important. I'm curious, like based on either, I'm not sure what your previous work history or how it led you here or just, you know, need in the community, like tell me why this was so important for you to open an organization like this and all the services you do under this one roof. Yeah, so if you had told me five years ago that I'd be doing this, I would have thought you were nuts. Uh, <laughs> my background is Littles. Like I have early childhood is my background. And we started off with a um, drop-in center for kids, um, zero to five. We had a drop-in center, kids could come in with their parents and it was, that's what we were doing. And then we ended up with a young lady who was doing a project-based learning opportunity here with us through the high school and she was pregnant. So she needed a place to leave her baby while she went to high school and finished her education. So we started our childcare center to meet her needs and then the following year, we had four teens in the high school that were pregnant. So our child care center has grown from one baby to now we have 32 young people. We started with one staff. Now we have eight. Um, so our child care center has grown exponentially to meet those needs of, of our young parents. Most of them are young. Um, and then we found out that one of our teens was living in her car, which was unacceptable. So how can we meet her needs? That opened up our child care, I mean, our uh, youth shelter. So we started our youth shelter to meet the needs of this one young lady, one young lady who was living in her car with her baby. And that has now grown from one young lady living in a car who moved into my office, who now has a whole shelter. And now we have six rooms, 12 beds, and we're full. So 
primarily everything that we have done has been to meet the needs that are not um, that don't exist in our community like we don't have a shelter that will take children under the age of 18 so if we have youth that are homeless we can't house them so we built it to take care of that there was no recovery center in the Claremont area for under the age of 18 and we all know that kids don't start using the day they turn 18. They don't say, oh, hey, yeah, I'm 18 now, I can, right? So um, in order to meet those needs, we had to find and create a youth recovery center because it didn't exist in our, they have it down on the seacoast, but it didn't exist up in our world. Um, so we had to find funding. We collaborated with Turning Point in Vermont to bring their program over here. And then we had to find funding to support it on our side of the river because they were using state funding on their side and you can't, state money doesn't cross the river. So um, so we had to find funding to support it on our side. Um, and we have a lot of kids, a lot of kids, a lot of young parents um, in our child care center that are struggling with recovery. So it's really nice to be able to say, hey, I wanna introduce you to Tasa or to Alyssa or to Riley. Um, they can really help you and they can help you right upstairs. So you don't have to leave the building. You don't have to make an appointment. I'm not handing them a business card. I'm introducing them to a person, a real life person. They only have to walk up a few stairs to, to get services. Awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, so this was not the plan. Yeah. Um, it just, everything has just happened for a reason. It's happened to meet an unmet need in the community and we were lucky enough to obtain the community development block grant last July to buy the building that we're in it was up for sale and I was terrified at losing the building that houses all of our programs so the state of New Hampshire agreed with us and said yeah you know to keep all the programs under one umbrella and under one roof it makes sense for you to own the building so that's it's kind of where we're at nice. cool yeah it reminds <laughs> me of um, we did a service day in Texas and it's a very similar like programming is very very similar they have two campuses though pregnant and parenting teens homeless no like nowhere else to go they stay on campus but they turn their church into a school and you know getting them their licenses and getting them ready mm -hmm. to, to get out in the world with their babies like what you know working on those parenting skills and just all exactly that, you know everything they need to to get going but also handling the trauma and the mental health and everything else that comes along with that. Exactly. So I yeah. totally get that. This Our pregnant and parenting teens, they don't even have to leave the child care room if they don't want to. In the past, we have set up a table off to the side and the parents have done their work right there at the table because most of it is um, virtual, virtual schooling. So they were able to work on their school work at the same time they were in the same room as their children which was a fantastic mentoring opportunity for us as childcare providers, because we could show the parents, you know, how to interact with their babies, how to feed that whole, you know, serve and return gazing, and the whole how to change their diaper, what do diaper rashes look like? Like we could help with all of those things that a lot of, a lot of young parents are lucky enough to have a support system in the form of a family unit or close friends, but some of our kids just don't have that. So we're able to kind of fill that gap for them. And it is so cool to watch them grow and to learn. And our first group of, of littles is actually in school right now. Um, and we actually have two of our, our young teen parents employed in our child care center. They went off, they went to college, and then they came back to us as, as staff. So wow. it is, it's amazing. Really cool. It is I so mean, cool. I do think the, 
just getting the word out. Like I heard, like, you know, just being a business down the road. Like at one point I heard, oh, there's a, you know, homeless center opening for youth. And it's really all I knew, not knowing like all the other programs and things that you're offering here. So I do think just getting that word out and so the community can start supporting the programs more is really cool. Yeah, and I think a lot of the misconception is that we're bringing, you're bringing those kids into our community when those kids are here. Like we are serving all of the youth in our program right now are, have come to us within the Sullivan County right area. So we're not, we're not, you know, running down to New York City and saying, hey, we have a homeless shelter in Claremont, New Hampshire. Why don't you come on up to the country from the, right? We're not doing that. Um, we're just letting the people in the community know that we're here and there are that many homeless youth in the community that we fill all of our rooms. So well, I think a lot of the perception usually is like it's an out there problem, mm -hmm. like whether it's, you know, feeding people or housing home. It's just like, oh, that's not in our town. And it's like, no, no, it is in our very <laughs> town. Like yeah. these things are occurring and we have to support yeah. the needs of the community. And this yeah. is why this program has grown and evolved. Yeah, we have high school youth right now living in tents. And we're trying really hard to get them in. But right now it's, it's, so they're here. They're here. I mean, you can walk the tracks. You can go down behind the big businesses down on Washington Street and you're going to find them. They're, they're right here. Yeah. yeah. So if we can transition, maybe talk about a little about when Red River comes on our volunteer day, the work that we will be doing and how that is going to help. Your, your building and just your programming. Yeah, so one of the, the one of the biggest needs that we have in this building is security. Because of the youth that we serve, they're all at-risk youth. Um, just having, having security around the perimeter of the building will be huge. Um, we've been able, we were able to purchase, we have the cameras, we have the wires, just coming up with the manpower and the time to be able to install cameras around the exterior of the building so that we know that when our youth leave our shelter, if they walk, you'll know, go for a walk in the middle of the night, we know that there's nobody lurking around the building that's going to harm them. Um, and we can kind of keep an eye on the activity that's going around, that's going on around the building. We chose this building because we know we're in the poverty pocket of Claremont. Like we know this is, you know, an at-risk neighborhood. With that, it comes benefits because we're within walking distance for a lot of our youth to come to us. It also brings, um, some dangers because we found needles right outside on the road. We've seen drug deals happening in our parking lot. So, I mean, it's one of those mixed bags, but having security cameras around the exterior of the building would be, would be hugely beneficial. Um, so security is huge. The security cameras would be, would be ginormous. Um, and this building also hasn't been freshened up. It has not been loved in a really long time. So the hallways don't, portray the welcoming effect that we would like to welcome our families and our kids in. Um, so if we could just have, again, we just don't have the manpower or the money to put up coats of paint, like just to make it look so it's like fresh and welcoming to the families and to the youth that come in. And that would be, that would be a wonderful help as well. Our child care center has not had fresh paint since I started it eight years ago. It's just a matter of time. Like we never have enough manpower that we can close our childcare center down. And I'm not asking my staff who work super hard to give up their weekend time to come in and paint. It's just, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I don't have enough time in a weekend to come in and paint, <laughs> right? The entire rooms um, and do a good job and have it ready for Monday morning. So that would be just getting some hands in here, some extra people that want to bring, you know, smiles and energy and get the job done quickly would be, would be amazing.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Red River Cares. I just love how the community knocked on Kathy's door and she opened it. She continues to evolve CLP to meet the needs of the youth in the Claremont, New Hampshire area. A few weeks back, 30 of our staff went on site to help Kathy and her team paint and refresh their hallways, their daycare, and we even ran cabling for security cameras to keep her residents and facilities safe and secure. We all enjoyed it so much and hope that we can do more volunteer days with her. They're doing such great work. And if you have any opportunity to volunteer, donate, or help them out at all, I'm sure they could use it. We want to wish you all a happy holiday and tune in next time to be inspired.